What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, are Tad the Side. And Tad, how have you started planning your home league draft? Like, I mean, have you figured out draft order and which day you're doing it, and whether you're doing in person, online? Like, I mean, how's that coming for you? Draft date is September 4th, which is okay. actually later than what I wanted. I wanted to do it oh, before, okay. but. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Um, but in terms of draft order, no, we still need to figure that out. But no, draft plans are very well in motion at this point. Yeah, 100 percent. The same with me. Obviously, we're planning the we're both like kind of the co-commissioners of the LAFB league. So we're still trying to build that out. We're one person short. So hopefully we could build that out that we get rolling on that. My personal league, I'm actually short one person there, too. So as soon as I get that filled up, they'll be get rolling there. But yeah, I'm in a bunch of other leagues that everything has already been in process. Um, I've already drafted for one league. Like, I mean, oh I've already Jesus. drafted for actually I've actually already drafted for two leagues because they were slow drafts. And so. But yeah, so I mean, things are rolling. Like, I mean, Tad, we've talked about this so many times already on previous podcasts. That's like, this is draft season. Obviously, training camp is going on. We're going to have, as a recording, we're going to have more, like the rest of the teams are going to be having their preseason games this week. So, I mean, like, we are fully immersed now into NFL action as well as fantasy football action yep. as well. And guys, I mean, we say this every single podcast. At least we try to. We might have missed one or two, but... We want to help you win your league. So, I mean, that's why we are your source for all your fantasy information. I think we've said this so many times before, Ted, that's like we play in so many different leagues. So, I mean, it's like you play in an auction draft, so you can help with that advice. I play in IDP leagues, individual defensive players, so I can help with that advice. Um, yeah, I mean, just you have a question. We are here to help you out. You see the ticker down below. Make sure you're interacting with us on social. We want to help you with your drafts. We want to help you in season. We want to help you, you know, out of season. Like, even once the season's over, you probably still have questions on, like, keepers and, you know, dynasty and all that stuff. So, guys, please interact with us. We want to help you. That's why we're dropping all this content for you to make sure you're winning your leagues and you're coming out more prepared than everybody else in your league. That's the key thing, right, Ted? Absolutely. And yes, no, that's the whole thing. It's like, I love giving the more personalized advice, right? Because you exactly. can give overall advice of like, mm -hmm. Oh, avoid this player, avoid th that player. But when it becomes, you know, like, Hey, I am in this round and I need to decide on this guy. That's where I really thrive. And you yep. as well, Mer. So like, mm -hmm. that is where if you are, especially if you're in dynasty league, because those tend to lead to some very specific questions. If you need help with that, Hit us up. I literally just had a coworker from my last job hit me up this morning about a fantasy football question. That's how trustworthy we are. We promise you, if you listen to our advice, we will get you the championship unless your name is Alfred Rowe, in which case I will lead you absolutely down the wrong path. <laughs> that is a lead whole other thing. Lead of astray. For exactly. Sure, for sure. And, of course, we're going to continue with that great content we're going to be talking about in today's episode, Tad. I think for lack of a better word, just like make it or break it candidates. So what we're sort of talking about with this topic in today's episode is that who sort of is like on that final season where if they don't perform this year, they're kind of hard to trust in fantasy leagues going forward. And so, yeah, these are, you know, a handful of candidates that we both brought up, obviously, here that we're going to discuss in today's episode that just, you know, depending on how their season goes, 
they may be reliable going forward. Like this is a very crucial year. So that's why we labeled it as like, is it a make it year for them or is it pretty much a break it year? And just, you know, this is not a guy that you want to be trusting in fancy leagues, either at the most, like putting much your bench or definitely possibly getting undrafted, depending on where they are in your draft ADP, obviously in future leagues going forward here. So Tad, who's one guy that you want to identify as a make it or break it candidate for the 2023 season? So before I identify this player, I want to actually talk about a player that I almost went with, and that's Noah Fant. I almost Mm. went with Noah Fant because he's never done it before, right? He's never statistically proven that he He can be – He flashed in his rookie year, but since then it just hasn't been the guy that we projected him to be coming out of Iowa. Both him and Hawkinson were like, man, these guys are going to be so dynamic in the league and just – it's happened for Hawkinson. Clearly it has, but just unfortunately for fans, he had a lot of promise too, and it just hasn't been living up to it either. Well, so that's my point though, is like he's never really like like you said, there's sure flashes, but like he's never consistently shown us that yeah. he can do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy that will go a couple weeks where he shows us he can do it, but then goes another couple weeks where it's like, yeah, okay. And that's Gabe Davis, the wide receiver mm, out of okay, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I know he was a consensus pick not on this podcast as well. I think I picked him. Maybe you picked him. We, maybe we were both in the same boat. But a lot of analysts predicted that Gabe Davis was going to break out last year. He played well, but, but he didn't have that but breakout that's my point. season. That's exactly. my entire point is like he was picked as like surprise rookie. He was yep. uh, picked as surprise second year guy. He was picked as like now it's his breakout year. Now he's in his third year. And it's just like it's never happened. So, Amir, are you ready for our favorite game? Let's play over under. Okay. Your favorite. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, All right. All right. Let's Gabe go. Davis, career mm-hmm. receptions within a season. So just like okay. the, the, the season reception. Okay. Not regular overall. season. Like, yeah, regular season. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you, so you get what you're guessing. Yep. Like what's sure. the most catches he's ever had in the season? Well, hold on. I haven't set the over under. Okay. Okay. Over under uh-huh. 49 and a half. 49 and a half. I'm going to go with the over. You are incorrect. Oh, God. <laughs> this is why I love this game. So Gabe Davis, the past three years, have had, has had 35 catches, 35 catches, and 48 catches. 48, right 48. at that under. Yep. Got mm-hmm. it. All right, all right. But here's the crazy thing. This is why Gabe Davis is such a frustrating fantasy uh, player is that the the opportunities are there. He had 93 targets last year, 93. But Mm -hmm. he only finished with, like I said, 48 for 836 yards and seven touchdowns. Not a terrible season by any stretch of the imagination. But for this number two receiver and one of the most explosive offenses in this league, not what you want to see. So I think that the biggest thing with him is like, you just, we cannot keep going off this promise of like, oh, maybe he'll eventually find consistency. That's the difference between him and a guy I brought up earlier is Noah Fant. Noah Fant, we're basing that entirely off of potential. With Gabe Davis, we're, you know, we need to see more consistency. We know he can do it, but can he do it on a more consistent basis? I'm not entirely sure, especially since Dalton Kincaid came in. Uh, we've talked about this uh, during our draft live stream, which you can also find on YouTube, by the way. Um, with Dalton Kincaid's skill set, I see them using him as more of a wideout tight end kind of hybrid, m- more than a traditional tight end, especially with Dawson Knox still there. 
So I'm a little worried about the addition of Dalton Kincaid. I think that'll eat into his targets. And I will. So I, I've been pretty negative on Gabe Davis here, but I will give, I guess, one positive here. Two words, my friend. Contract year. Buffalo yeah. did not pick up his player option or I guess team option. But yeah. so he is going into like, if I don't do well this year, and this is why he's a make or break candidate. If he doesn't do well this year, like the numbers on his next contract offer are going to vary drastically. So that's the whole thing is like, he needs to kill it this year. And I, I love me a player on a contract here. Very rarely does that, you know, hurt you in fantasy football. So he's got some negatives going for him, but he's also got some positives going for him. So I don't know. And I would love to hear your opinion on this. I don't know if he's going to make a break or not, but I think it, it it's a good candidate to kind of uh, keep an eye on. No, I think this is the perfect definition of a make-it-or-break-it candidate because why why a lot of people sort of anticipated him breaking out last year was just we saw that playoff game against Kansas City where he scored four touchdowns against Kansas City. Everybody's was like, okay, this guy is ready to break out next year. They obviously want to utilize him in their offense, and now him playing opposite Stephon Diggs, that'll alleviate some of the pressure. But like you said, he had a fine season, but just the expectations of breakout. Fine's a perfect word to describe Exactly. It's just the expectations, right, where it's like if you're picking a guy to break out, that's a guy that you may take a little bit higher than their ADP. You may overreach for some of those players, right, because it's like, okay, this guy is going to bring a lot of potential to my roster, but that's all it was. It was potential. He didn't realize that potential last year. He played well, but just not well enough. And so, yeah, how do you get to this year? I mean, Tad, I know you sort of buy the little bit of trading cap hype. I know you're sort of like super excited by Anthony Richardson and some of the whoa, videos whoa, that you see. Whoa, 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 whoa. You are fake news, my friend. No, I do not you buy You said this into- on the podcast last week. I said I was tending to fall into it. I'm not fully buying it. Now you're making me out to be a Anthony Richardson <laughs> fanboy. Relax there. My God. Well, regardless, there are a lot of people that read into that trading cap hype as far as that's how they play their fantasy drafts. That's how they get excited for the upcoming season. And Stephon Diggs has said that Gabe Davis is ready to break out this year at this year's trading cap. So once again, you take that for what it's worth, whether you want to believe that, whether you don't want to believe that. But still, exactly like you said, the the contract year, that's definitely going to play to a factor. Um, The fact that now the expectations are lower. Because now his ADP is going to be lower because people are saying that, you know, I don't know what I liked last year. I, I didn't like what I saw last year. So now I'm going to be, you know, take a maybe a round or two later than I was anticipating before. And so that's where we can sort of see to a little bit more of a breakout than possibility or sleeper potential then. Because they're going to be drafted lower, so then you're getting more added value based on where you're drafting them, right? So, but yeah, I can very much see the same thing happening this year that we saw last year. And he'll just lead it to the free agency and just side somewhere else. And he'll just be that sort of like dependable receiver, but just not a guy that's like, okay, you're building your fantasy roster around this guy. So, yeah. 100%. 100%. This is a great label for Gabe Davis. Very much a make it or break it candidate. 100%. All right. So final prediction, though, is he going to make it or is he going to break it? I think I'm going to see the same thing that we saw last year. Like, he's going to be good, but he's not going to be great. So I don't break know. It. I wouldn't say he's going to break, break it. it no, no. Okay, all right. Fine. That's no in between. No in between is a lot. All right. Fine. That's a break it. I'll say break it then. All right. Break it. All right. So your make it or break it candidate. Well, what what's your definition on Gabe Davis before I get to mine? You're do you think he's gonna make it? Or you nah, think I think he's gonna he's break, gonna break it. it. Okay. Like I said, he's if they did not draft Kincaid, I would have been like, okay, I think there's a possibility for him to make it, but I think Kincaid's gonna be much better than a lot of people think he is. If Buffalo utilizes him like I think they will. Um and if they do, it Gabe Davis his target share is gonna be too little. Yeah, I agree with that. 
I agree with that. All right, so I'm going to get to my candidate. I'm going to go to the running back position. Okay. I'm going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. What are the okay. newly signed running backs in the offseason? Rashad Penny. So I think, Tad, the oh. biggest thing that we can He's an eagle? He's <laughs> an eagle, and I hate that we always play this game through text where you're like, this guy's here? This guy's here? I'm just like, do you not pay attention to offseason deals? Not when it comes to do-nothing running backs. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, that's sort of the label with Sean Petty is that over the course of his NFL career, I think just the biggest label that we've seen with him is just injury-prone. Because, Tad, if you look at the last – at the at the um, last three seasons that he's played, out of 50 possible games, Tad, he's only played in 18. Ah, see, that was a chance. <laughs> that was a chance for you to get me at over under right there. Yeah, that, that was, was a chance. Gets over 20. That's your game. I'll leave you to do the over. Okay, fair time. enough. <laughs> um, so I mean, clearly he's barely played in any games over the last couple of seasons. But I think the big thing as to why it's a make it or break it season for him, Tad, is that because when he has played. He's been very effective because if you look at the course of the last teams get, if you look at the course of the last 10 games that he played, which are all starts as well, he totaled the following numbers. He had 149 rushing attempts for 1,017 rushing yards to go along with eight touchdowns. Now, if you're doing that in 10 games, you extrapolate, extrapolate over that uh, 17 games. Those are numbers that you want out of a possible RB1 candidate. Like those are fantastic numbers, but just that's the thing. He's only done that in a 10-game span. Obviously, then he got hurt last year after game five, I want to say, game six. Then, obviously, we see the emergence of Kenneth Walker third. He totally breaks out. Rashad Benny leaves a free agency, sides with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the one thing that I think could be going for Rashad Penny is that I know they sort of did this with Seattle, too, where they're sort of like using different running backs where they had Rashad Penny. They're eventually going to use Kenneth Walker. Obviously, he got hurt, so that's why they went fully with Kenneth Walker. But before that, they were sort of mixing him in with uh, Marshawn Lynch when he came back to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, They were sort of mixing him in with some other running backs as well. But now he's going to Philadelphia, where that's very much the case, where he's going to be in a backfield with DeAndre Swift, who they recently acquired through the NFL draft through a trade. They already have Kenneth Gadewell on the roster, who's been a productive running back for them. And they have Boston Scott, who they like to use as a running back as well. So this could sort of help Rashad Penny because now he's not forced to be the main guy. He's going to be sort of used in sparing roles where it's like he's not going to be on the field as much to then get those injuries to obviously limit him being on the field. But I think just the thing that I worry about, though, is that because now he's in this sort of committee aspect in Philadelphia, He's never going to be that number one running back that you may want out of him, right? Where he's sort of drafted to sort of be that guy. You look at the running back roster that I listed out with Swift and Gainwell and Scott and obviously Penny. Uh, leaning towards DeAndre Swift will probably be the main running back, you know, main quote unquote running back out of that Don't group. Don't fall for it. I did that trap last year. Don't do it. So we'll see exactly how it's going to play out, but I bet you the spread, the touch share is going to be so spread evenly amongst all those guys, obviously. And obviously we know Boston Scott is a New York Giant killer, so I expect the Giants, when those games come around, Boston Scott will be used a lot more in those games. But regardless of that, I think just if Penny can stay healthy, he's a very valuable addition to your fantasy roster. But just he signed a one-year deal in Philadelphia. That sort of speaks to the fact that it's like, this is sort of a make it break it for him, too, because he signed a one year. I think it was like a million and some change as far as his contract. So it's like clearly this is like a cheap option to see whether he could still hang in the league or whether he's just labeled with that permanent injury prone sort of label on him. So I think Philadelphia's taking a chance. They'll see what they get with him. But if he gets hurt or if he just doesn't look like the same guy, this is not a guy they could trust going forward. But 
If we see that guy that we saw over the course of his last 10 games, if we see that Rashad Penny, 100%, he could sort of cash in in next year's offseason with another team, hopefully get a lead running back sort of role again and be a more dependable option. But just honestly, for me, I don't see it. I mean, we've seen it for a handful of years, so I'm labeling him as a break candidate. I don't think he's going to make it. And if you look at his ADP, he's currently going as the 37th running back off the board. But there's a lot of running backs that I like that are going to go later than him that I like a little bit better to outperform him. So I've talked about Jarrett McKinnon. I think he's going to be heavily involved in yep, Kansas City's offense. One. He's going off the board at running back 40. I like him a lot more. Uh, Devin Ashane, I've talked about him, his rookie. He's just got sensational speed. S- situational, but good. I think he's going to separate himself from the pack in that Miami backfield. So I think he's a guy that I really like this year. He's going off as four, uh, running back 43 off the board. So I like him a lot better. And then your boy, Kendra Miller with the New Orleans Saints. There we go. He's especially going with as, the recent news. Especially with the recent news. Exactly. Alvin Kamara being suspended for three games. That definitely affects things. We're going to see a lot more Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller to start the season. And I think Kendra Miller could really get involved and really separate himself. But just overall, even if Alvin Kamara was playing, we've talked about how we just see the decline with Alvin Kamara. That's why I like Kendra Miller to sort of separate and become a dependable option. So I, as he's going as uh, running back 50 right now. So I like him as a supplemental running back on my fantasy roster better than Rashad Penny but just yeah for me and just I see those 10 games as like there's potential there but just once again it's just I'm seeing too much of that negative that makes me hard to trust Rashad Penny so I'm labeling him as a break it you know the old saying fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me like it's that's the way it is with Philadelphia now is I am so sick of this Eagles rotation running back and like it's it's literally like playing like roulette of like, all right, and you know, the marble's rolling, and I bet Darren Sproles. And then the next year, it's like, I bet like Garrett Blunt. And it's just like, it's every year is a different who's going to be the lead back. And very rarely do you gamble correctly on that. And so I'm totally with you. It's like, I don't, nothing against Rashad Penny. He is injury prone. There's nothing we can do to help that. But if he is fully healthy, he should be the lead back there. But the problem is, as you point out, there are five other very capable people in that backfield. So if he even is healthy, I don't trust uh, the chance he has to get his fair shot at being a legitimate fantasy option. So honest to God, uh, like when it comes to the Eagles backfield, obviously with their offense, there are several people I recommend very highly. Um, but when it comes to their backfield, I'm not, touch- I, 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 I really do mean this. I'm not touching a single one. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So I guess that kind of answers the question for me is now I, I see him as a break as well. <laughs> Fair. Fair. All right. Let's get to another candidate, Tad, that you think could be a that is going into 2023 as a make it or break it candidate. Well, let's go from a uh, running back I don't like to running back I do like. And this is a guy I've been hyping up all offseason. You know what? Now that we're in fantasy season, we're getting some new listeners. I'm going to keep hyping them up. I'm telling you, this is Cam Akers year two. Spoiler alert. Make it. Because All right. Sean McVay's offense runs through the running back. Do not forget that just a couple years ago that Todd Gurley was a fantasy pillar for most people. Sean McVay, like I know he gets all this hype for like, oh, he's such a passing genius. But really his offense runs best. Not saying it doesn't run well when this isn't the case, but runs at its top tier when you have a good running game. And despite their, let's say, rocky relationship, although I will be very, I'm, I, I will fully admit, I thought something was going to happen there over the offseason. I thought we were going to have some type of trade request, some type of Sean McVay wants him off his team, but it seems like 
Akers and McVay after last year's very weird drama have mended fences. So I think that Akers is the guy to go here. And you look at what he did the last five games of last season. He averaged five yards of carry, and that was without Stafford or Cooper Cup. So I think the fact that now, well, Cooper Cup is now up in the air, but now that Matt Stafford's coming back and seems like Cup's injury isn't too severe. But like now that he has a more stacked offense around him, that will obviously take attention off him. So I see him continue his hot streak that he ended with the last, uh, you know, five games last season where he averaged nearly 18 points a game. So like this guy is my honest to God, he may be my favorite sleep favorite sleeper of this entire draft season. So I think that Cam Akers is an absolute, but to, you know, on the flip side of the coin, if he doesn't do anything this year for the Rams, it's kind of like the same thing as, you know, what we're talking about with a shot penny. Okay. The talent's clearly there, but you never showed us, you don't have it. So like, if he doesn't do it this year, I think he's done. I think he was, he's going to struggle to find a place on another roster, but I do think that this is our first make it candidate of this episode. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Like you said up. all Shut this up. before on a Shut previous it. episode. It. Is it just me? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'd like to invoke my fifth, fifth amendment rights. <laughs> I mean, whatever, whether you said this before, or whether you haven't said this before, I think just everything that you laid out makes a ton of sense. I mean, any offense that sort of can establish that running game as sort of a supplemental piece to the overall offense, they're going to be more effective. And that's sort of one of the few things that, the Rams sort of lacked last year, which is they were able to establish a good running game until we saw it at the end with Cam Ager, exactly like you laid out. So if they could sort of take that, and now they're ha- they'll have Matthew Stafford back. I think Cooper Cup should be, I think, just fine. He'll probably start the season maybe. He may miss a game or two based on everything that I'm hearing there, or he may be able to start the season. We'll have to see how that all progresses. But just with those pieces back, they definitely need it because outside of Cooper Cup, they're sort of lacking any sort of receiving weapons besides him. So it's like you definitely need to establish that running game then to sort of Ooh, give your passing offense. I'm going to tell the LAFB Slack you just said that. Go for it, man, because I 100% believe that. So, right. I mean, maybe Tyler Higby, he'll just by pure volume, he'll be more involved. But just outside of Cooper Cup, I just don't – there's nobody else in that office that really worries me. Like, I mean, there's some potential with their rookie that they drafted, Puka Nakua, out of um, BYU, if I remember correctly. Uh, but just that's where it is. It's potential. We don't know what it's going to be like until they actually get into the regular season, right? So, yes, it's going to be very critical for them to establish the running game. And if Akers can sort of lead that charge with supplemental pieces like Kyron Williams and Zach Evans, who they drafted on Ole Miss, that could definitely help their offense go along and be a little bit more competitive than a lot of people are pegging them to be this upcoming season. So, yeah, I like Cam Akers to make it as well. He'll be established in that offense. So, yeah, good pick. Good pick. Well, and I will say, so you're saying make it? I think so, yeah. I'm okay. Make it. All right. And I will say this is, uh, yes, that was a very heavy copy and paste from a previous episode. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> two things. Two things. One. There's a reason because, like I said, he's my favorite sleeper, so I'm going to keep there pushing him go. until, yeah. you know, you buy into it. And two, it was funny because actually the last uh, bullet point on that copy and paste was, unless Sony Michelle blows up, he isn't fighting for carries. Well, Sony Michelle is now retired. Very true. So that even opens the door even more for Akers because that even means even more touches for him because you look at the rate. I know you brought up Zach Evans, but like, I mean, take it from me. I, I think we said this the last time I brought up Kim Akers. Zach <laughs> Evans used to be a TCU transferred to Ole Miss. Cause he thought he'd be the dude at this big sec school. 
definitely not bitter at all. And what happened is he was the dude for like two or three games, got overtaken by a true freshman. So I don't think that like anybody is really in danger of taking over Cam Akers uh, majority share of the touches, which is even more of a reason why you should trust him to be the first make it candidate of our episode. Yeah, I definitely like that pick a lot. And so I'm actually going to follow up your make it candidate with a make it of my own. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to go with the former Ram. And this is the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. I'm going to go with Jared Goff as a make it candidate this year. Okay. Make it a break it type of season. So, um, I think everybody was doubting Jared Goff and the Lions, the fact that they committed him, committed to him being the starter. It was like, really, this is the guy that you want to commit to? But, I mean, overall, you look at the Lions, there's a lot of promise that you saw. Jared Goff played really well as well. I mean, he, this is the first time they threw for 4,000 yards since 2019, so he's able to do that last year. He tied a career low in interceptions with seven. And he also threw for the second most touchdowns in his career with 29 as well. So we saw a lot of that, you know, maybe not quite the like number one overall pick sort of status, but it's like we're seeing a lot of the potential, which to obviously led to him being the number one overall pick by the uh, by the Los Angeles Rams, right? So I think there's a lot of reasons as to why Detroit committed to him. Yeah, also, Tad, we brought this up before. He finished as the 10th best fantasy quarterback in fantasy leagues last year. And so, I mean, that's sort of saying something that's like this guy is sort of that sort of fringe like guy that you want as your QB one for your fantasy leagues here. But I think just the biggest thing that worries me is that can he replicate it? Because now there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of people aboard the hype train for the Detroit Lions with Aaron Rodgers leaving the division. The division's a little bit more wide open. I know a lot of people are buying into Chicago. A lot of people are buying into Detroit. Um, Minnesota is still very competitive. Green Bay, we really don't know what to expect from them. But just it's a very competitive decision uh, division Excuse me, this year compared to previous years. And so I know a lot of people are buying into the hype in Detroit. So it's like, can Jared Goff live up to that pressure and live up to that hype to sort of replicate the season that he had last year. Or I think the better thing that a lot of people are expecting, can he exceed it? Because I mean, the big thing, Ted, that we need to realize is that Detroit gave him an extension, but he's going to be, he's tied to a cap space this year and next year of 30 million, or maybe a little bit over that. But here's the big thing that sort of gives Detroit an out is that if they cut him after this season, they only take a $5 million dead cap in. And this is the bigger thing, Tad, because in the third round of this past draft in 2023, my boy they drafted my boy. Hendon Hooker out of the University of Tennessee. And, Tad, I remember when I was watching tape of this guy, and I think you were out with your friends, and I texted you. I was like, dude, if this guy was healthy the entire season, in my opinion, he would have been the first quarterback off the board. Like, I mean, I loved everything that I saw out of him. You saw the mobility. You saw the, like, pocket awareness. You saw the good touchability out of his throws, the power ability with his throws, too. I mean, just he looked like he had everything. Unfortunately, he suffered that devastating injury that kept him out the majority of the season last year. Yet he was still drafted in the third round. So that's the sort of looming thing with Jared Goff that's like, regardless of the season that he has, Detroit, like I said, has an out that's like, okay, if we want to go with the younger option because – a lot of people are saying that Hendon Hooker may be good to go this season, too. A lot of people were anticipating that he could have been a redshirt year, but it really just depends on how well Jared Goff plays because they may decide to play that Hendon Hooker card a lot sooner if they're sort of in playoff contention and they need that spark for their offense. But regardless, they haven't out. But that all sort of plays back into my previous statement where – Jared Goff needs to do everything that he can to have a successful season this year because 
whether that's with Detroit, whether that's with another team, if Detroit decides to move on from him, he needs to have a successful season so he can latch on with another team as their starter and possibly get one more big payday before, you know, sort of like, you know, getting past 30. And, you know, obviously that whole drop off is just like performance and not getting paid enough and all that stuff. Right. So this is a very make it or break year. And I think the biggest thing that helps him, he's got a very stacked weapon arsenal on that offense. Cause obviously even got with, even with Jameson Williams suspended for was it four games or six games or whatever, yeah, exactly. like, like even, even with outside that, of that, yeah, that's why I mean though, is even with him missing, whoo, still pretty good. I mean, yeah, he only had Jameson Williams for like what two games last year? I think it was like three, but yeah, he yeah. barely performed anyways because he came so late in the season. But yeah, obviously he's got Amon St. Brown. He's got Marvin Jones back with the Detroit Lions. Gates have built peace. You got David Montgomery who they signed. Uh, rookie Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. So, I mean, this yep. offense is going to be able to do a lot of different things. And yeah, Jared Goff's going to have a lot of potential to sort of do everything that he wants to. So like I said, I like him as a make candidate. Whether he's going to remain with Detroit, that's a separate conversation, but I do like him to have another good fantasy season. And I think the big thing, Tad, is that he's being drafted a lot later than people should be drafting him. He is being drafted as the 16th quarterback off the board. I know there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Exactly. It's a little bit surprising, right? Because there's other quarterbacks that are going ahead of him that I like Jared Goff a lot more than those quarterbacks. So you got Dak Prescott. He is the number 10th quarterback. Like Jared, the I don't know about that one, but all right. I like Jared Goff a little bit more than Dak Prescott. I think just the turnover pro uh, proness that that's a word. I don't know. I'd be it up right now. So it's a word now. It's a word now. <laughs> with Dak Prescott, that sort of worries me. We already Fair. talked about the Dallas offense. We're taking a little bit of a shift without Kellen Moore. So I wonder if that's going to change things a little bit. So that just worries me a little bit. I like Jared Goff a little bit more than him. Daniel Jones, he's being drafted. Uh, yeah. number, he's being drafted the number twelve quarterback off the board. I hundred percent like Jared Goff a lot more than him. Absolutely. We talked about Daniel Jones and yep. that sort of conservative offense approach that uh, Brian Dable is taking with that offense. So we'll see if that sort of changes this year. But I'm leaning more towards the latter, where it's like it's not going to change enough. So that's why I like Jared Goff a little bit more. And the last guy, Geno Smith, is being drafted as the fourteenth quarterback off the that's board. That's tough. I that is that's tough, tough especially especially with the Seahawks drafting Najigba. That makes it a lot yeah. tougher because it's kind of the same thing of like we have decent quarterbacks. Both are surrounded by a very impressive arsenal. So it's just like, oh, that is tough. I like Jared Goff a little bit more because what I saw from Geno Smith down the stretch, that's not the guy that I saw for the most yeah. of the season. Yeah. And so that's what worries me is that last year was a fluke year and we're going to get like he'll play well. But for him to be drafted ahead of Jared Goff, I don't see that as a good option. So I like Jared Goff a little bit more than that. But yeah, if you're getting him a lot later, Jared Goff, I mean, he's definitely going to give you better value than those three quarterbacks that I listed. Maybe some other quarterbacks as well. So I like him as a make it candidate. Like I said, I don't know whether he's going to stay with Detroit for the rest of his career. But as fantasy purposes for 2023, 100% I'm all in. Yeah, I like that new focus you put on it. It's like, cause I, like when I first saw this in your notes when you shared them with me, I was like, dude, no, his make it or break it year was last year, and he made it. Like he's made, it. he's good. But I like your refocus with this of like it's his make it or break it year with Detroit, yeah, because we know he's not like his career make it or break it year of like, okay, is this dude out of the league in like two years or is he gonna stay in it for a while? I think he just bought himself another five years in the league with his year really? last year, so. That's fascinating because I actually, I obviously I knew of the Hendon Hooker situation. I did not know about his cap hit 
situation. That was so the big thing as to why I brought it up. I was like, this gives Detroit an out if they want to go very, with the younger youth. Very movement, interesting. Because right? like, yeah, should right? he have a little bit of a down year? Of course, Detroit's gonna be like, we'll eat that. And Hendon Hooker, get in here. Because I think Hendon Hooker is gonna be his successor no matter what. Because I, yeah. you and I both agree that exactly. Like other than his let's say questionable footwork. Um, you know, he's a great quarterback otherwise. So I think that Hennon Hooker is going to be the future of the Detroit Lions. It's just a matter of when does he step in. And um, I'm going to go. So your final analysis was what? That Jared Goff makes it but leaves the Lions next year? Well, like I said, I'm not sure whether he's going to you leave were, the I was about Lions. To say, you were very on the fence about that. I think he's definitely going to make it, so he's going to have a good fantasy year. I very much like right. him as like you know QB one potential, especially top twelve. I don't know about top ten again, but I definitely like him as top twelve for sure. Um, okay. But yeah, well, whether he's right, going to be right. back well, with Detroit, I don't know. But I still think he's going to make it. That's let, let, let's assume then if he makes it top twelve fantasy quarterback, I'm with you on that one. By the way, um, then he goes back to Detroit. Then okay, it's just Hendon Hooker has another year or two behind you know golf then, but golf is good. He's not going to be Detroit's quarterback by 2027. No, because his contract does end in 2024. It's just whether Detroit wants to opt out one season sooner so then they can move forward with Hendon Hooker. So that's Boy, you mean it, it ends in 2025 or no 2024? Okay, I see what you mean. Sorry. So after 2024, well, I'm doing the whole like 2023, 2024 thing. <laughs> like it's just goddamn it. So the Football. 2025 offseason is when he'll be a free agent. That's what I'm Football saying. Football just needs to end, like, right <laughs> on New Year's Day just to make all this yeah. easier. Yeah, it's a little tougher yeah. with basketball and football. Their contracts go into, like, multiple years, it's whereas so... baseball is all one year. This is why baseball is easier. Exactly. <laughs> but, no, I agree with you. I think that my guess is, my prediction is, golf will play out his contract. They won't renew. They'll go with Hooker after that. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think uh, golf, another make. All right. Solid, solid. So that'll wrap up today's episode a little bit quicker than some of our previous episodes, but that doesn't mean we didn't give you great content. I mean, it was just a lot more focused and just still great content for you guys. And I mean, just like before, what we said at the very beginning of the episode is that we want to help you win your leagues. Like, I mean, whether you're playing in, you know, uh, dynasty leagues, you're playing in redraft leagues, you're playing in best ball leagues. I mean, just whatever fantasy leagues you're playing in, me and Tad have advice for you as far as how we can help you strategize and how you can come ahead of the rest of your opponents in your various leagues to help you win your title. So, I mean, guys, make sure you see their ticker down below. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You got me at I'm the side 23, Tad at Tad the side 94. You got the show handle at the decide guys, and of course, we're on Instagram at the decide guys as well. So, I mean, guys, interact with us with any questions that you have because we want to help you win your leagues it doesn't matter what it is you know who should i draft over this guy or this guy i'm picky at number eight what do you think my strategy should be um you know what should i be paying for an auction draft for this player you know tad's got that advice for you so i mean guys we will help you with any questions that you have. We want to help you win your titles. We will keep saying it every single episode, even during the season. Like, we'll help you with in-season stuff for sure as well. And best way you can also find out about just the best way you can stay ahead of all your league mates, make sure you subscribe and listen to your podcast. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can listen right on the LEFB Network website as well. Subscribe. Always be up to date with our podcast. Make sure you're if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Um, Lots of great content on YouTube. It's usually the same between YouTube and podcast. Sometimes we do have some one-off episodes that may be different on YouTube compared to the podcast and vice versa. So that's why it benefits you to subscribe to both so you're always up to date with content on both platforms. And, of course, we always have to give them a shout-out, our parent network, LEFB Network. Without them, 
There would be no us. We would not have this podcast. So make sure you're subscribing to all the great content they're dropping for you. Like we talked about, teams are at training camp. Preseason's right around the corner as well. So they got you covered on the NFL level with the Chargers and the Rams. And, of course, college football season's right around the corner as well, right before the NFL season. So that's going to be here a little bit sooner than the NFL season. So they got you covered on the college level as well with the Trojans and the Bruins as well. So lots of great content. Um, guys, we're dropping articles on the website as well. So make sure you're checking out the LEFB Network website. we got a lot of great articles coming your way too. Um, but guys, to everybody who's already supporting us in all the various ways, whether you're supporting us through social media, whether you're reading our articles, whether you're listening to the episodes, whether you're watching us on YouTube, I mean, guys, anything and everything that you're doing, we can't thank you enough. And keep sending us those questions over social media because that episode is going to be coming out very soon. So we only have a couple more days left to take in your more personalized questions and discuss them at length within the episode. So keep sending those in. We'll send out another Twitter and another Instagram link very soon. So keep your eye out for that. And like Amir said, it's not even just pre-draft. It's post-draft as well throughout the season. If you need any questions answered, we're here for you. And if you have any waiver wire questions that will be a weekly segment coming back once the season gets started so all the weekly segments that really helped you out last year just get ready because as soon as the season kicks off detroit lions kansas city right that's kickoff yep, game that's the yep. thursday night there game we go. Mm-hmm. so as soon as that First kicks game. off we're back to our weekly segments so keep on tuning in thank you so much everyone for listening thank you so much for watching and as always everyone especially if you're in texas because it's 110 degrees stay safe everyone 